from the flying sign with Joe Clady. This is Stoic Forge. After Tulsa, it was starting to get dark pretty quick, and I was making my way down uh, 40, headed west, like I had been the entire time, and came across, it was a toll road, uh, got my ticket to uh, use the toll road, and between the um, entrance of the toll road and the exit was a, what I started to call them, little oasis, just a McDonald's gas station, um, enough to just stop and go. Um, but that's where I decided to, to park it for the night. It seemed uh, secluded enough, but still um, uh, populated enough to where it was it was safe. And something, I, I tried this for the first time uh, this night, and which I ended up doing many nights. Um, the McDonald's was 24-hour. And with a McDonald's that's 24-hour, for sure the drive-thru is going to be open 24 hours, meaning there is a human being that sits there. And when they're working there, uh, I was parked across from the window in the parking spots you know where where they would take the money from people even if the uh, the indoor was closed again the the drive through was always going to be open so that's where i decided to park because whether they knew it or not most likely they didn't and if they did know it know it they they might have had an issue with it but whether they knew it or not they were keeping an eye on me uh, to where i could sleep safe and sound and if there was someone causing a ruckus and trying to kill me or steal my shit, then at least they would see it or at least have a chance of seeing it and uh, think that someone's just breaking into a shitty van rather than a shitty home. So that's what I did. And before I fell asleep, that storm finally caught up to us. And uh, it was a very um, pleasant night in the van because that rain blew through and it was just a warm summer rain, and I had the back doors open, uh, and I was just playing guitar like a crazy person. And I, I was starting to not have that that uh, fear and that self conscious self conscious feeling of um, judgment uh, of, of just playing guitar randomly. And it's not like I was had you know my guitar case open for money. It was just to enjoy the night. And as that rain blew in, I just backed in and still continued to play as it just very gently rained um, for hours. And people would run in for cover, and uh, I would see flashes of lightning just just far off in the distance. And it was it was like someone had dumped water all over the lightning to where it had just bled and faded and hiding behind these clouds. So just giant bright clouds would, would light up. And, um, it was very beautiful. And I ended up writing a song that night called chase the sunset, uh, just about hearing the rain and, and feeling very connected to nature, not in a, you know, hippie douchebaggy kind of way, but just 
just feeling um just just feeling the wind roll over your skin and and hearing hearing the the rain I call it like tipper tapper tipper just across the the roof of the van uh and it was nice it was a nice sound to hear that you you know you don't really hear as you sleep unless you have a tin roof uh um and it sounded so real and so strong um so then the next day <laughs> i came past the 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 exit of the toll road and the man was so dumbfounded looking at my ticket because it was stamped for like 8 p.m. the day prior and he's like why is this what what ticket is this why isn't this from just now cuz it, it would only take 2 hours or so to drive from toll booth to toll booth to pay and i was like oh yeah i i slept at the mcdonald's and he was like you slept at the mcdonald's it's like yeah i just i just spent spent the night there and tried to play it off like you know he was the crazy one uh, and he was like okay that's whatever whatever it was you know, a couple bucks uh and i drove away just kind of smiling and uh feeling feeling weird but in a in a fun kind of way like like very uh against the grain but in like a fun cool way like yeah you know, he he'd never seen anything like that probably to i mean he's probably collects money from 200 drivers a day 300 I, who knows uh a lot and i don't know i threw a wrench in his day uh in a positive way I think, because he smiled and laughed about it. Uh, it was funny to me. So, Oklahoma City was next, and I, I planned to go there first. It, Tulsa was just a, a detour because of the uh, mechanical issues with the van, and I had gotten so much out of it. And Oklahoma City was really the destination because of, you know, just it's the the big one. Uh, and I stopped, and I got on the bike, and the bike was just coming in, in such ha- handy when I would park in whatever city, uh, park the van, hopefully in a spot for free, and then that's what I would then use to kind of scope out what was going on. Um, and I did, and I did for hours, and it, you know, it just, it was the middle of the day on a weekday. Uh, I don't know, there was just nothing that that caught me enough to stick around it seemed like there was no one walking around and I'm sure Oklahoma City is a wonderful city it just it didn't it didn't capture me uh not in the sense of grab my attention but um present something to me and that's that's what I was starting to live by was everything was just manifesting right in front of me and I, I thought that that was the best way. I'm not, I wasn't going to force anything to happen. If something happened, then I would let it, obviously, because most likely it would mean good things for me uh, in terms of resources and um, food, water, gas, shower. Uh, but nothing happened. So I, I didn't want to waste any time. Uh, 
So I was ready to go. Why, why not? And that, there was such a the freedom in that. And I, I, it was the first time I realized, too, that I was on my own schedule. I wasn't hurting anyone's feelings by moving on. I wasn't cramping anyone's style by moving on. I wasn't uh, ruining someone else's trip by moving on. It was just what I wanted to do. So fuck it. Why not? Um, so I just kept driving, stopping occasionally. Um, and I stopped once more right when I cracked into Texas um, at this rest stop. And I to check the Atlas, Amarillo was the next big destination spot on Route 40, uh, just from the map. And as soon as I crossed into Texas, I started to notice that the earth was becoming just a deep, deep red, something that I wasn't used to, um, being from the Midwest. And and even thus far on, on the trip, it just, you know, but all of a sudden... I, I just remember looking down at my iPad or my iPod uh, and I looked up and I just 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 roared uh, with excitement as uh, you know I saw just the flat land and the plateaus and just the real iconic desert scene that seemed so um, it was it was the the physical rite of passage to where I was crossing the threshold into a different, into a different world. Uh, the people were different. The landscape is different. The air felt different. The sky looked different. Everything just seemed so different and exciting. Um, so at this rest stop, I, it was a beautiful, uh, kind of take your picture area and again I I was on my own schedule so I parked it and I slept <laughs> for hours just feeling the breeze roll through the van uh, through that <laughs> through that sheet that I had wrapped around for the window and it felt so nice I slept the, the best I would say night but the best sleep I had had really the entire time um, I felt safe. I felt confident and not safe. Like I knew I was going to be safe, but it was like, I am going to be safe. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, no one is going to mess with me there. What I didn't have my drive through guardians. Uh, I didn't have a, a safe home of a, of a new friend. I was just there. And it was so, it was just the perfect nap. You know, the perfect nap when you on just any summer day, you open the windows and you just hear the wind roll in and you feel the occasional breeze against your face, especially if you're hungover, man. That's the best nap ever. And that's what I had, and it was great. Uh, so I knew what was coming up in Amarillo, though. Uh, there was this restaurant called The Big Texan. Now... I had been to the Big Texan before when I was a child, when I took that trip out west with my family. And it is one of those big tourist stops. Uh, just the everything's bigger in Texas. And it was just a giant 
campus, it seemed like, with the attached hotel and then the giant saloon, like, uh, oh, just just steakhouse, it, just massive building, uh, decorated in all the cowboy shit and western garb. Um, but the special thing about the Big Texan and why it has uh, gained such... Uh, attention over the years, at least in my opinion, is the Big Texan Challenge. Now, the Big Texan Challenge is a meal that consists of shrimp cocktail, a salad, a baked potato, a couple rolls, and then a 72-ounce steak. That's a lot. It's a lot of fucking food. That's four pounds of steak. Um... So, I think, God, I don't want to do the math now. It's a lot of meat, and I was very hungry. Uh, But I had seen someone try this before, again, when I was with my family. Now, this kid got up there. He was older than me now, uh, probably mid-20s. And you go up, and it's the stage in the middle of this... Uh, uh, two-floored western arena where there's a giant clock that ticks down and you have an hour to finish this meal. And he was up there with a few other people and everyone else had tapped out by this point and he had just a couple bites left of the steak and maybe a little bit of the salad and he got that look of, oh shit, minutes left. Everyone's just like, yeah, you're just in unison, just pounding on the table. And his eyes get real wide and squint, and it comes spraying out of him like just cylinder, like soup cylinder upon soup cylinder out, just the shape of his mouth. And it, and just the, again, unison, oh! And, you know, as little boys with me and my brothers, we just start dying laughing. And uh, So I remember that, and I, I remember it wasn't for the, the weak of heart or the weak of stomach. Um, but you know what? I'm hungry, and I can do these challenges. I've done them before. Nothing like this, and I had a little bit of money to spare. But the thing is, it's fifty bucks. And if, but if you get it, if you if you complete the challenge, then it's free. So I was like, oh, let's do this. So I parked a little bit away from the building, and thought, well, what would be better? What would help uh, induce my appetite a little a little further? It's going to run. So probably went on a couple mile run just, you know, around this oasis off of 40 and uh, super sweaty because it's super hot. Find, you know, my nice outfit because, uh, again, I would be dining alone. And I go in and uh, she sees that I'm sweaty and she's like, or after, you know, I say table for one. And I said, I'm going to want to do the challenge. She's like, well, did you just go on a run? And she's, I was like, oh, yeah, it does it show. She's like, yeah, you're super sweaty. Uh, but let me tell you, you know, unless you've been, if you've been starving yourself today in preparation from it, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. It's going to make your stomach smaller. And I was like, okay, well, you don't know the shit that I've done the last, you know, three weeks. I'm hungry. And <laughs> so she sits me down. And I'm just 
getting kind of nervous because I see the stage. No one's up there yet. They get everyone, I think, in uh, that's it, that's in there around the same time to, to do it all at the same time. Uh, and as I'm waiting for them to come up to take my drink order, I'm reading the placemat, one of those paper placemats that you throw away after every use. And across the placemat is uh, a bunch of pictures uh, that of the 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 craziest winners of the the challenge and there was a guy that did two in under an hour a big guy and then there was like an 80 year old lady that did it with time to spare uh like an 11 year old girl that did so you know all the like what the fuck kind of stories that that ended up pulling it off which made me kind of confident and I'm sure that's their ploy it's like oh look at this 80 year old lady you can do it spend 50 bucks and throw up so I'm waiting and they come up and she says it's just you right and you want to do the challenge I was like I'm yeah I I, I would like to just meekly and quietly as I was uh, as I was kind of because I was approached by three of them it was like the lady that sat me and then the general manager and then another waitress so I was like what the fuck do you want and she says, well, uh, if you want, there's a table of 60 AIG workers that are here. None of them want to do it, but they'd love to have someone do it on their behalf. And I was like, so they're, they pay for it? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they've already paid for it. They just, they just need somebody to do it. So I was like, oh, shit, and, that, and immediately just relief. You know, there was no more anxiety about eating because it was a gamble. You know, it was 50 bucks. That's a lot. That's that's a tank of gas and uh, or, or food for the week, whatever. And so uh, I, I, they say, yeah, we're probably going to do about 10 minutes. So they walk me over and introduce me. It's a, an entire banquet table, uh, two of them, of these AIG workers. And I'm like, hi, everybody, I'm Joe. Uh, I'm the one that's going to be doing it. And they're all like, oh, yeah, you know, beer bottles that just clearly having a big uh, team building outing. Um, so I sit with them, start, you know, they're asking me, like, what are you doing by yourself? So I start telling some of them uh, what I'm doing, like my van's out there. And so I, they're like, oh, that's that's crazy. Like, how are you making money? And I was like, well, just along the way. Uh and then it was time to go up on stage. So they pulled me up on stage, announced my name with a couple other people, uh, and then they brought the food out. And they had the lights come down uh, like they would in a play. Just just blinding and hot. and Because it, it's a show. It's a show for everyone that you participate um, in by showcasing your obesity. So, um, and then they it's just ready set go and that clock starts ticking um and i just i started going to town i was really hungry and they the the aig workers come up and they start taking their pictures with me the guys are like joe 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 just banging at my feet and and cheering for me uh and i tried to cleverly do it as i would you know, chew bites of the roll, I'd cut pieces of the steak, which ended up being my demise, but, uh, you know, it got down to like 15 minutes, I, if I remember right, I, I think I got most of the steak down, but I had cut it all up, so it had started to dry out, because I'd been sitting there for 45 minutes, 
uh, and I was starting to get the sweats. Those those lights started to all bleed together, and I I was starting to just really feel it to where you feel like you're choking, but it's just because everything is sitting in your gut too high and it hasn't worked its way down. So it's like you're not actually it hasn't choked out your airway, but it's like it's it's moving from your stomach up your throat because it's you're putting in too much any of my buffet people would understand so um as the guys are still pounding on my feet come on come on some of the the ladies that i had met came up was like hey it's okay it's okay to stop we we already paid paid for it it is it is totally okay and i like look at them and they can see the pain on my face and i was feeling so lightheaded and i I called it and I waved him down and, and said I was done. And, you know, still they all cheered for me and, and no one ended up winning. I was the last one sitting there trying at it, but didn't pull it off. And, uh, and it, it boxed it up and came down and sat with them a little bit more just to thank them. And I guess during that whole time they had passed around, I get the word had spread, uh, between all of them and they had passed a hat around, uh, just because as this the 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 story of the kid on stage that was uh representing the the AIG group uh they passed around a hat and collected 300 bucks for me uh which I just like you know I I went through and shook all their hands and and said thank you and they they stayed way past I that way later than I had and but I stayed as long as I could, took some pictures with them, and and then left, and just felt so honored uh, that they would even think to do that, or that they would even care to do it. Um, I know it was probably just some novelty thing to them uh, to have <laughs> some paid joker uh, to go up on stage and and uh, perform essentially for them uh, as they laughed and cheered and. Um, you know, bang their beers together. Uh, but it was still really, really touching that they did that. Um, so I had my leftovers and that I put in my cooler with no ice, but figured it would, I don't know, keep good until the morning. Uh, and I crossed the street to this travel center which again was just another oasis part of really the the mega oasis that was Amarillo and I was just playing guitar out back and I saw this little dog that was running around uh, quick and I called it over just to just you know just to give it some love it was or or at least see if it had tags to try and maybe return it to replenish my obviously depleted now karma credit after what had just happened uh, but then when I got closer, I saw how dirty it was and one leg was broken, but it was able to hobble around and, or run pretty much like you wouldn't even assume its leg was broken as fast as it was walking or running. Uh, and it, it slowed down and was deciding whether or not to approach me. And as it got closer, realized I didn't have anything to offer it, uh, which now that I'm saying this, I probably could have given it some of that steak, <laughs> but uh, it realized I, I didn't have anything in my hand and just 
scurried away and I heard it howl like a wolf uh, at the orange half moon all night. It's kind of haunting. But, uh, yeah, I slept, I slept well again. And, and that was pretty much Texas. Uh, when you go through the, the top block part, uh, at least for me, it, it went by pretty quick. Uh, but I appreciated the, the, the landscape enough to where I was stopping quite a bit at any little oasis that would have me, uh, for either a nap or, or just, you know, some, some time to, to ride the bike around and soak up this red land. Uh, and it was nice. Um, and, and right before I got to New Mexico, I saw, just came right over this, this little hill and off on the horizon, which was just seemed like it went on forever just this black mass of dots. Uh, and as I got closer and closer, it was a, a cattle ranch. But I don't even think it was a cattle It was just a ca- cattle pen. Just thousands and thousands of them. I had never seen anything like that. The farmland here, it's almost like it's you know show cattle to make us feel uh, less shitty about <laughs> about our... Um. Uh, uh, you know how we how we consume meat. You know we see the occasional three or four cows in a in a nice field off off a road. It's rare you see the the mass shit of it all uh, and the horrible conditions, even from the road. Um, it's kind of eerie to see. <laughs> just the, they're just waiting to be slaughtered in their own shit, uh, and the smell was the smell was unbearable, and I had nowhere to hide from it. If, if I had the windows up, I was dying from heat, and not to mention I was missing a window anyways. That was I took the sheet down because the sheet wasn't gonna help me today. Uh, and so my my van immediately filled with the shit smell. Uh, but then I got to New Mexico rather quickly uh, with the sign that, that read, New Mexico, the land of enchantment. And New Mexico and I have... Uh, I, I felt very confident and eager and uh, took those words as an omen. And that ended up being a mistake, but uh, so so I'm 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 moving right along uh, and decide to uh, stop into Santa Fe. But right before uh, I see the the metropolis of of Santa Fe, I'm out in the middle of the desert and just just cruising along, and it's just everything's just so flat, and you can see everything. And I saw this rain cloud. And maybe it was a mile away, you know, uh, could have been that far, but it was seemed so close because everything was so flat. It was so open. There was barely any billboards. And if they were there, it was for the occasional lion's den porn hub for, uh, the truckers as they would drive by. But this rain cloud it just seemed to just be there by itself. It was just 
just surrounded by a blue sky, this, this isolated uh, thunderstorm pretty much rolled through and started to pour rain. And it just danced like a phantom, just rolling across this flat land. Um, and I, it would even just shoot the occasional flash of lightning. Uh, and it was beautiful enough to, for me to pull over uh, to get a, a, a picture. It was so incredible to see. Um, so Santa Fe was next. And there were so many things, so many beautiful things that I, I wanted to go explore, but everything was fenced off. Like any, any plateau or just mountain range, or not even a mountain range, just just a, a big hill, a big rocky hill. It wasn't a mountain, but it... It was more. It was different than anything I'd seen. It wasn't a national park by any means. It wasn't uh, a monument. Um, for for it, you know, it wasn't public, and I understand that. But it was just such a bummer that that everything was just so fenced off and um, secluded to where I couldn't really enjoy it. Um, and I, I guess I just don't understand why that's. I don't know. I guess this is the the hippie part that comes out, but. It's just, it just land, and I know someone does own it, and most likely the state. But it's just such a bummer that something so beautiful not everyone can enjoy. But again, I understand that some, someone does own that, and they don't want some kid who could potentially die on it, hiking around thinking he's Indiana Jones, uh, and be liable for that. So I continued to Santa Fe, and, and Santa Fe was different than I what I had thought it was going to be. There wasn't really any tall buildings. It just seemed like a big mass of, of a town. There wasn't like an obvious, like downtown city part. Uh, and I parked and just began to wander like I did everywhere else and parked or, and, uh, got on the bike and, and rolled around. So, and I, and this is where I, I realized whether, this becomes like Tulsa or it becomes like Oklahoma City I need to replenish the tank the the the, the karma credit at this point uh, and I know I say this a lot about the karma credit but it was something that was uh, constantly on my mind and and, and starting to to uh, make me kind of paranoid where I was worried that it was going to catch up with me if I really didn't actively try and make it right and make what Sarah did for me right or make what those AIG workers did for me right. Um, so that's what I needed to do. Um, so I went to this place in Santa Fe called Warehouse 21. And it was a kind of a youth center, but a place where... Uh, like it, it was a youth center slash like cultural center slash venue for uh, uh, musical artists, uh, an art gallery, just just a just a big artistic wonderland, uh, which seemed like a a place that would have me. Uh, and I went in uh, to see if they needed any any help with anything that I could just just help them with. For free, you know, I didn't want money. I just wanted to, to again, refuel. And uh, they said that I could help them 
take down this uh, uh, the stage after after a performance, and you know everyone's just running around me. Just I'm just standing in the midst of <laughs> I, I, you know that feeling where you feel so useless. You're just kind of thrown into a mess with no direction. Nobody wants to help you because you don't know what you're doing. Uh, so you just kind of stand there, just anxiously waiting for someone to bark at you. Um, and it never happened, but as I'm in that state, uh, I just kind of sit down and there was this performance, which I later learned they were, I think just there to do a warm up set. They were doing uh, a big, um, set at the, at the cultural pavilion in Santa Fe later that day, but it was, uh, these two men, Aaron White and Anthony Wakeman, uh, two Native American performers, and Aaron White, I've done, in preparation for this episode, uh, a lot of research. I didn't even know his name before I did the research. I just feverishly searched, trying to find something about him. Uh, World-renowned, world-traveling, uh, musician and artist and Grammy nominated, uh, just beautiful original music. But he, they, they, he played the guitar and sang. And then Anthony Wakeman, who was another skilled musician, played the flute. And as they were performing, uh, they performed a lot of the originals, originals off their new album that I think came out earlier in that year. I just. F- started to sink into that couch and felt the uh, the overwhelming uh, connection to their music it was that had you know the the Native American flute vibe to it that just reminded me where I was in this southwestern uh, ecosystem that just uh just pulled me back down into that and as I'm sitting there amidst the uh, crazy work uh, uh, of, of all the, the the volunteers trying to put this thing together they start to play you can't always get what you want just a cover of it and I, I don't want to be one of those little basic girls that say they wrote this song for me, but at that moment, it just seemed like something out of a show. And I know that sounds ridiculous. I and I and I knew that wasn't the case. It just everything was just everything was just aligning so perfectly with just 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 in just in the the timeline of of everything that was happening and. They played that, and it just was so real and true and in their own way, and it reminded me of why I was there in the first place, to be done with it, to, to just to, to absorb as much of this as I could and make this the, 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 the grand exit, and Thus far, it seemed to be doing the trick. 
let's let's have all these wonderful, beautiful people and all these wonderful, beautiful places uh, be be the the best of the the hits and and ride that bitch out. Um, but as they as they played that song that I've heard hundreds of times, it it didn't seem like that's what it was about. Maybe what it was the opposite. That's what I wanted. I wanted this all to be over, to, for it to stop hurting. And it even through even through all the love, I was still hurting and feeling incredibly tired and anxious and just okay with the idea of being done. And that's that's fair, right? What what's what's so wrong about that? Especially if you've if you've explored it enough to come to grips uh with that. At least that's what I thought at the time. Why not? And that's what I wanted. But that's not what I got. I got so much more. I got so much more love uh, that continued to pour in, not just from the ether of the unknown, from all these random people, uh, but from home. And and from friends. Would always get texts. And I, I was bored a lot. Uh, and I I knew that everyone was just a phone call away. Uh, I knew that if they saw me calling, they would answer, most likely out of fear that something had happened and they needed they uh, that I needed them. Uh, but also maybe out of excitement. What's the new? What's the new thing? Um, and I, and I, just held on to that, uh, that that fact that someone would always be there to answer. Someone would always be there to lend a hand, to buy my giant fucking steak, to play a song that is overplayed and still invoke some sort of emotion. And that's what I needed. And I needed to remember that. So after carrying two pieces of the stage and more likely causing more harm than good and disrupting their their workflow I left didn't say a word to the the performers but um, it was it was time to go home and the rain that came into Santa Fe was just so heavy and that van did not see well in the rain um, and again no GPS you just just trying to find my way back to a place to sleep. Till I finally found a McDonald's 
went in and asked if they were 24 hours. They said yes, and I said thank you and walked out. Parked where my drive through guardian would um, uh, <laughs> unknowingly keep, keep an eye on me through the night. And I was able to sleep another night in the rain. Uh, this time not as not as pleasant, not as calming, very heavy, uh, especially as <laughs> when it would blow through the sheet, get me wet, get the whole step full of water between the, the doors and the, the first step up into the main cab. Uh, and I just kept thinking about that flute and that guitar and that song. And it... And it hurt, and it confused me, which is one thing that I never foresaw when I first left. Confusion was was out of the question. Uh, determination, uh, destiny, those things were real, uh, or at least seemed like it. And now... I was starting to have second thoughts. Part of me prayed that that was some sort of saving grace. But then there was the main part of me that saw it as destroying the plan. And it began to unravel. I'll see you next time.
I went down to the Chelsea drugstore to get your prescription filled. I was standing in line with Mr. Jimmy and a man, he looked pretty ill. We decided that we would get a soda. My favorite, Cherry Red. And I sang my song to Mr. Jimmy and the word that he said was dead. I said to him, you can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, Get what you need. 